Golden Globies, I wish we were just leading in with the excitement, the authenticity that this black exploitation month really deserves. But fuck if life in 2024 didn't have it out for us already. We lost one of the greats. It's almost like he had to die for our sins. Almost. Of course, we're talking about the great, the late great. Carl Weathers. We're still... This, is, this just happened. We got news of this yesterday, so we're still reeling. That's right. Because, you know, this month is all about fun. But we have to uh, we have to honor our brother who's no longer with us. Of course, Apollo Creed. We've done uh, Rocky Four and Action Jackson, if you want to check oh, out. Yeah, Action and Jackson. And we can't... He's not just an actor, people. He's a very talented director. If, if if I mean if he had more work under his belt, he would have been in the Misunderstood Genius month. Yes, but he, he was. Not, I don't think he was ever allowed to do a movie. I think no. he just did TV work. He might not. You know, maybe he didn't have the writing in his heart and everything. He definitely had the directing in his heart, as we learned. I learned recently. He directed Mandalorian episodes. A couple episodes. Well, yeah, he was on it, but he also directed a couple episodes. Right. But of course, his greatest achievement in directing oh. was the Renegade episode entitled studs oh where he gave us the shot i've to this day we talk griff and i i don't think there's a week goes by we don't talk about this no, shot there's not griff has a back piece of a tattoo of this shot oh my god murray did the sketches for me thank you so much yeah i i made sure to make the green mm sexy oh you put the little stilettos yeah. the heels you, had to yeah, be uh, and you did it to scale if you're an idiot and you haven't listened to our studs episode yet let's just i was gonna break down the scene for you let okay lorenzo lorenzo oh, we're just gonna talk quickly lorenzo reaches for some m&ms and most people that'd be fine that was all you would need no curl weather i think it took a day to film this mm-hmm, right Above shot, looking down, yep. hand immersed in a bowl of M&M's. Right. So usually we're taught as viewers that M&M's are going to come into play later on. Right. No, not at all. We <laughs> never see the M&M bowl ever again. He, went, he just was like, I have to show you. Maybe he was try- angling for a job doing an M&M commercial. Maybe. Because you see, it, it went so far. Like we were lingering on that bowl for so long. We actually saw time elapse over the bowl, the shadow work happening. Not to mention how long his hand was submerged in the M&Ms. I started to think. And it picked up only the brown ones. Like he, he stuck his hand in, pulled it out, and there were only brown ones in his hand. So that leaves us with 
more questions, which is what a good auteur always does, as we all know from watching, listening to our Neil Breen episode last week. You uh, motherfuckers get on that. Right. No, our, our buddy Golan Varglobisluck said it best. You fear Neil Breen. You feel Neil and Breen. And you don't, if you listen to our episode, you'll no longer fear him. Right. You'll understand him. You'll appreciate him. You just don't have enough people to talk about Neil Breen to. Like, we're not trying to push you away from your family like certain cults do. We're trying to bring you closer to the world and the people you misunderstand. Golden Globes Theater is a family. That's right. And that's why we're going to miss but, our brother, Carl Weathers. That's right. Rest in power, my brother. Rest in power. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, last time I checked, Renegade was up there for free. Studs. Is and the then listen to our episode. review, which is also up there for free. On You're YouTube, welcome. On SoundCloud. You can find it anywhere. You uh, can see this shot on our YouTube. We already have programmed our month of black exploitation history, so we don't have the Carl Weathers movie, but we are looking into one of more, maybe one of his TV appearances for a special Tippy Tap episode. So look for that sometime if, this month. If we have anybody out there who's a, you know, a dear friend, Carl Weathers has a special place in their heart, let us know. I, how's uh, our buddy Joe doing? He has got he has the Apollo Creed shorts the, oh no i don't by the way that. we bring up joe our friend joe coleman the genetic jackpot you all know him you all love him. you love him better than we do then yeah. you love him you love him better than you love us yeah. uh he invited us over after we just and it was perfect after we were exhausted from the neil breen episode mm -hmm. brainless brainless i i was drooling during the episode because it was so difficult he, out of the blue, he didn't even know we were doing this. Yeah. He invited us over for some pizza and some wrestling. That's and we right. said, sure. So him and his lovely wife uh, and some of his friends were there. We had a good time. Uh, I always get nervous when I go over to Joe's because we pointed out he's got the fucking, he does the paper bag test where he has a paper bag nailed yeah. to his front door. Yes. And if your skin is lighter than that, paper bag you are not allowed in right and we're sweating because like we're pale as shit especially but he he allowed he said look it's winter time you yeah. should have he told us he looked us in the face that you should have a sunbed in your home like yeah. i do i don't know did you notice he has all his lights are ultraviolet like in his <laughs> house so you they always are. have perpetual tan i noticed as soon as we walked up he already had the front door open and he switched it from those lights to the more warm lights, so it looked like we had a tan. Yeah. So, because, yeah, we're, I mean, it's winter. We're pasty. Uh, yeah. So thank you for that, Joe. Thank you for that. You are a great host. It was a great time. Uh, I remember parts of the Royal Rumble. It was royal. I remember a lot of girls lying down on the edge of the ring. We were there basically for the first, like, 90 to an hour. Yeah, and then there was food and discussion and happenings, so we didn't yeah. really get to see a whole lot of it. Yeah, so thank you, Joe. But now, Murray, can we please talk Shaft? <laughs> it's just well, you would look like you were getting ready to oh, say. So I, 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 oh, I oh, the movie. You said Shaft. I don't know what you were going for there. <laughs> I mean, you know. We're talking about Carl Weathers, we're talking you, about Joe wait, Coleman. Excuse me, did you have some dick conversation you wanted to bring up? <laughs> we just had a five-minute one before we started recording. No, we It's 4 o'clock now. We've been talking amongst ourselves for the last hour. Why does Golden Globus live for this long? It's because me and Murray just love each See, other. See, for all you people that 
hate our intros and can't wait for us to get to the movie. There's even more before that just between us. Yes. And when All we right. have a guest, it's sometimes <laughs> even more than that. Because guess what, everybody? You need to have friends in your life. Right. You need to talk to people. You need to fucking get your garbage out. That's a great segue, Griff, because after this episode, it's going to be the next four weeks, nothing but guests. And I am so fucking ready for that. I'm right. so excited. And most of them are going to be in-house, which is... Griff appreciates more because he didn't stress out about recording, remote recording. Well, when you start talking about internet and there's more variables yes. in there, it just makes sense to be more worried about it. But we will have an, we all have, we'll have one uh, remote guest that you all know and love. But yeah. Shaft. Murray, I want to bring this up right off the bat. We love to do this. People like to make you wait to the end. This movie on IMDb is a 6.6 .6 out of 10. What would you give it? That's accurate. I would give it 6 or a 7. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to make a confession. I've never seen Shaft until this week. Yeah. And I was always reticent about watching it because, and I, I was proven right in my, I believe, it's a major studio. MGM did this. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of watered down yes. what, is what we're used to. It's not gritty. I mean, it's not awful. Richard Ranchi's great in it. But I just felt like there was some, something lacking. It just... It just you know, there's too many good white people in it, mm -hmm. you know, and... It really did not have that sharpness to it outside of the racist Italians. Which, yeah, but they're they're clearly the villains, you Right, know? and there's one cabbie who doesn't pick them up. Yeah. Outside of that, that's like the only real racial tension. Right. And we're used to our black exploitation movies, even though they're usually written or directed by white people, this one written by a white person, directed by a black person... Yeah, it, we learned that a white man wrote the book, Chef. Yes. But the character was black. Who also wrote the screenplay to a French connection. Interesting. See, I think he got an Oscar for that. Yes. And this movie, you know. But this was directed by a black man, the first black man ever to direct a major studio picture. Yeah, Gordon Parks. Gordon Parks. Yes. Amazing, interesting man. Very yeah. interesting man. Hung out with the Black Panthers, was a photographer for all of his life, who was asked why you don't carry a gun, and he's like, I carry a camera, and my camera is more powerful than your gun. That was a quote. Gordon Parks. Very interesting person. Yeah. I really... I really see you gave it a six point six seven ish, yeah. and I wish I could give it more. Like I could do seven, maybe seven and a half. It's a basic story, which is fine. Yeah, I really like Shaft as a character. Yeah, uh, great leather. The shots in this movie are so fucking good. I I I've said this before. I think I said this in our last Kojak episode. I love New York in the seventies. Yes, and it's even I even like it better with winter time. It's just it's. It's gritty, man. I yeah. love it. This was not snow on the ground like our last Kojak episode, but it's no. clearly cold ass. It was shot in Harlem. Yeah, on Greenwich Village, too. Yeah. That's where Shaft's offices are. Okay. But all these shots are so fucking good. The interiors. You get exteriors. to see the old classic 42nd Street with all the porno theaters and everything. Yes. There is no M&M store there. No. No. I... Loved watching this movie. Like when when I sat down to watch it on on the yeah. TV this afternoon, I was just like, "It's just, it looks so good." But yeah, it just doesn't add up. 
It, it all doesn't add up. Well, to they, I over. think they, like I said, it's a major studio, so they have to water it down for white audiences. Right. Like they don't want, they want like all the white people are good, so they don't want to offend anyone. Like I'm not a racist. We're not saying you are. Okay. Yeah. But there are. So it's a classic noir story. So that works. It's got the great shots and everything. That works. Uh, one of my big flaws, Murray, Richard Roundtree's mustache. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on this, but because I get all my facts from IMDb. Uh, apparently, he wore a fake stash in it. As a person who grows his own stash. And a person of mustache. Yeah. I got to say, there was a couple different scenes where I was like, that's fake. Was it like hanging off? It, it was just the way uh, it kind of came off at, at the tips where I was like, that doesn't look right. And then you came over. I didn't look this up. You yeah. came over and you're like, did you know this motherfucker might have had a fake mustache? And I said, you, yeah. you, no. Allegedly, the studios wanted a clean cut. And I believe Richard Roundtree, which is funny because I think he's known for his mustache ever since Shaft. Okay. I don't think I've, I might have seen him in a movie without it. I was trying to think, if we ever done a Richard Roundtree movie, the only one I could think of was, I believe he had a small part in... Young Warriors is that the one where the guy makes the animation? Yes, he had a small part. He in had Young a small. War. When I looked into his history, I think I spotted two movies, but I could not. Okay. Do not quote me on this. But uh, so the studio guys didn't want him to have a stash. I believe he didn't have a stash. He was growing one out for the role because Gordon Park, egomaniac he is, is like, I want you to look like me, and I have a mustache. So there's conflicting reports. Like maybe there were scenes like. More than likely, he was growing it out. So yeah. maybe like in the, like the scenes you saw were the beginning of the movie, and it, then by the end, he had a stash. It could have been a samurai cop. He had the rock star <laughs> hair, then right. he cut it, then he needed to do reshoots, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you also pointed out one of, the, one of the big issues. I don't know how this came about, but audio. There's yeah. constant like... Audio is clearly being you, I can understand when you're outside. It's hard to get audio, good audio. Exactly. And a lot of the scenes in the beginning were outside. And again, this is why I love it because it's so fucking real. Yeah. Murray, we talk about walkable places. This was a very walkable. Oh yeah, we place. see about ten minutes of him walking in the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you get even in interiors, you get one minute they're doing interior audio, next minute it's ADR audio, and it's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It's very strange. Um, but. I don't know. Seventies. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about it. I guess it can get away with that. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know. Well, of course, everybody. Since this is our first black exploitation of the year, do you think the reason this movie is so well known is because of the Isaac Hayes song? Well, uh, okay. Criterion has a big long fucking like you know ten minute read about this movie, so I would suggest to go there for all the intellectual breakdown of this. But one of the things they said that was huge about this first big budget black exploitation movie, half a million dollars. They went from yeah, and, and it, it made twelve million. Yeah, so it was a huge hit. Huge hit. They um they said you know we've had black leads in Sydney. Uh, help me with this. Sydney Poitier. Poitier. He. The difference was Sydney Poitier played the. Uh, Friendly black guy, like the the non threatening black guy, which is what black white people love. They love yes. the non threatening. Shaft would kick your ass. Yes. So that was new. That kind of came up in the article. They were like yeah. people respected the fuck out of Sydney, but they did not respect his fuck. They didn't want to fuck him. 
So that was yeah. That's another thing. There's a, and there's that those and there's, there's always been these issues white people had with black sexuality. That was the the big thing about black exploitation. Period. Yeah, it actually was showing black people fucking. Yeah, which you didn't see in movies. Like you you, you put it, you're exactly right. Sidney Poitier was the asexual, nice black guy. Like yeah. I would like he's one of the good ones, as they say. Uh, yeah, in the racist context. Yes, Every, you know I was just leading up to our whole you know monthly thing where we point out the one. Good one in the month, but yes, uh, we're playing. On by the that we mean white. Trope. If you're new to, it's one of the good white guys. Yes, um, but that yeah. So Sidney Portier not being the sexualized black man, Richard Roundtree gets in there, and they're just like, "You want to fuck this man? He's got attitude. He's got sassitude. He's got dickitude." He talks about getting laid constantly throughout this movie. Constantly, he's eating that's, hot dogs. That's his phallic symbols while he's talking that's about his getting, comeback. I'm getting laid. I'm getting laid. I, you know, there's so much to like about this movie. There is a lot to like. But, yeah, it does just leave you kind of hanging I think a lot if, of times. I uh, think if Jack Hill did all the the uh, Pram Grimm movies, if he had his hands on it, I think it would have been better. I think, I don't know, I think if Gordon Parks was set, let loose, I'm sure there's some reins on him. He's a first-time director. Probably. For a studio. I'm sure if he was let loose, it could have been a little more authentic. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other things that the Criterion article does mention is, because you were starting to say it too, I think, Isaac Hayes in his soundtrack did play a fucking huge role in getting this movie over. And we always talk about it. Black exploitation movies give us an introduction song that explains yeah. our character right. in the grooviest way possible. They always give us some great earworm that also explains our character. Right. I mean, I take the month off for opening songs for Black Exploitation History Month because it's already there. Right. We don't have to do anything. And no. fucking thank Jesus because we have so we have a difficult time sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to. You don't to. realize how hard it is. Right. But, hey, Shaft. I will say, though, as great as it is, Superfly is still the best Black Exploitation soundtrack. They fuck. It was so good. They had them do the song in the movie, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Curtis Mayfield played himself. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Um, I don't have any more. All right, let's get into this. Uh, this uh, movie. Um, it's a complicated trailer. No one understands, but you will after you hear us review. Shaft. <laughs> That they gonna be here should be here. Open it up. Shaft's his name. Shaft's his game. Listen, Snow White. Mean you gonna tangle sooner or later. The mob wanted Harlem back. They got Shaft. Okay, turn it loose so he goes. Come on, in front of me. All I'm asking you is to let me know what's going on. No names, no places, just what? Rated R. If you want to see Shaft, ask your mama. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that trailer. Now you just got to deal with white people talking. That's the last black person you're going to get to hear talking in this movie. You don't, they don't know if we're black. If you think we're white, you're racist. I think I think there's a couple images of, of us out there. Well, 
Yeah, from the waist down. Nobody <laughs> recognizes us. Wait, we have blank genitals? And hips? I've, I've been, yeah, I've been confused for, like, are you black? It's not we... your dick. I'm like, no, I'm just big. <laughs> but you don't know. And if you think we're white, you're a racist. You don't know. Maybe I'm black inside. Okay, uh, so we got Chef walking the city again. Great fucking shitty, sh- shitty city shots. You can't do this anymore because reasons. A night eleven, I think. But uh, oh, we're not gonna be on YouTube now. Uh, but I never realized was this extended cut because the intro to this the, the Chef's theme theme song. I don't remember it being so fucking long. I think. 12 minutes of that as he's just walking all across New York, jaywalking, walking in the middle of the road, just doing whatever the fuck. He owns this town. Right. I love seeing him. I love, well, I just love city shots. We know this about me and my fucking walkable cities and all that bullshit. But I, it's just such a fucking good sight. You got some nice groovy jams going over it and everything. But. It seems like Shaft's intent on finding something. Is he? Seems aimless. He seems like he's just walking all over the city. It could have been that. But he's looking good in his leather fucking trench. Yeah, leather trench, constant turtleneck. Yeah. So there's we get a little slice of life scenes. Guy, yo, brother, you want a fucking Rolex? Flips out his badge. I guess it's a P.I. Do we, we know, was he a former cop who became a P.I.? Because he got tired of working within the system? Right, it's interesting. I have to assume that based on everything we know as the archivist of action history. Uh, that's probably what happened. Was he was one of these uh, late 60s cops realized I can do more on the outside. He, well, he probably hit the glass ceiling. They're like, sorry, we can't make a black man a lieutenant. There's know? definitely that, but also it's like... <sighs> We have an issue with our police force working with communities. What does Shaft do? He is like hand in glove with the community. So we get 15 minutes of this, and then finally we hear the beautiful mellifluous voice of Isaac Hayes. Scientologist voice of Isaac Hayes. Complicated man. Like you said, he's explaining, breaking the character down. I know this character now just from the Isaac Hayes song. Right. No one understands him but his woman. But his woman who, guys... I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. As a modern man, Isaac Hayes is a motherfucker. He's fucking around on his woman. The well, only woman who understands him. See, that's I, uh, that makes me laugh. And this is why I hate all human beings, because the hypocrisy. And we all we're all hypocrites when it comes down to it. But like because he complains a lot about the you know, black man's burden. And, you know, he's right. But then he treats his girlfriend like shit. Like she's just there, literally there to understand him and please him. She's like literally waiting for his call yes. at all times. This is one of the most disgusting things that like I would ever want on another human being to be like, I was waiting on you. Like, But is he paying a rent? I don't know. Maybe there's a deal going on where there's a transactional thing. Right. I don't know. I don't know. If she's living on her own and she's got a better apartment than him. She needs to like listen to some uh, Taylor Swift and get some, uh, you know. Um, wow, Murray recommending T Swift after yeah. you just learned she's a psyop. I I think this, can't they both be true? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Um, 
Yeah, like, you know, like, like that's the thing, Griff. Back in the 70s, every fucking song written about a woman now is about shitty men are and they got to empower themselves. They didn't have that in the 70s. It was like the Supremes and shit. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, when they were like, uh, you know, I need my man. So maybe that it was. It There's was that thing. respect song, too. Yeah. I mean, she deserves respect and he's not really respecting her. In his own way, he is. He's a complicated man, Griff. Do you know what? As uh, Isaac Hayes says, he's a complicated man. I don't understand it. We don't understand it, but his woman understands it. Right. Okay. So he stops at the old. Um, uh, Newsy Newsstand to get the newest issue of Blacktail Magazine. I'm assuming, of course. And guys like, hey, chefs, got the latest. And it's like, any news on the street? Because of course, the news guy—he's a blind man, by the way. Right. News guy—they know everything that's going on. It takes a person who doesn't see color to be just right there with Shaft. Hey, man, I heard two guys are looking for you, Shaft. That's all I know. Well, what they look like? I don't know. They <laughs> Same to, me. same to me. And we're supposed to laugh because he's blind. It's okay to say that. So we watch. Even Shaft it. chuckles. Yeah. Shaft, again, because he's just the people, man. This is his city. He Hand in glove with his fucking city. Back before the world was so global as it is now with the TikToks and the YouTubes, everything he cared for was in, in, in like a five Back mile radius. Every city, every neighborhood had its own identity. Right. And we're losing that. Right. Why, you know, you always talk about every basketball team used to have their fucking star and you would hate the other team, and now everything is just so communal. Just like, yeah, we're going to take the day off. You guys can win. Yeah, I'll see you at the club after you beat us by 30 points. Right. We'll have a laugh over it. So he stops. Where If 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 you can't get the info you want from the newsstand guy, you got the next best thing is your shoeshine guy. Right. Cole, I think he was his name. Stops in. He's like, yo, brother, what's going on? This coffee's bullshit. There's too much sugar in it. And I forget what his comeback was. Like, don't drink it or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it was just, fuck, it's free. Idiot. Don't look a gift horse in the face and tell it it's ugly. But thankfully, this guy has working eyes. So not only does he know that two guys, two brothers are looking for Chef, he has, he knows everything about what, what brands they're wearing. Oh, my the, God. He's like, yeah. there's a guy in a cheap-ass plaid jacket. Fuck that guy. But the other guy with him was dressing fine. Well, how was his belt hanging? Heavy. That's a signal. You see, that's coded language, everybody. That's trying. He's trying to say he's got a gun on him. So he's like, thanks, man. He gives him like a, a dollar bill, which is like about 100 back in 1971. That's yeah. And Shaft, again, communal. A guy who's just leaning on his community constantly. He's trying to protect them, but he's also trying to give them a little bit extra for helping him protect them. And 100 bucks right there. Bam. Like nothing. What well, shit? He's asking for $50 an hour in 1971 he asked for. I would take that now. Right. Right? Fuck, <laughs> I don't make that. Yeah, $50 an hour is an incredible amount of money. But here's the other thing. He's like, when are you going to give all this shit up? And, uh, you know, oh, you mean become fat like you and rich? It's a shoe shine guy. He did just give him 100 bucks. Right. So, you know. The equivalent of 100 bucks. Equivalent of 100 bucks. Dollar. So now we cut to a scene of two white cops in uh, a car. I'm like, all right, here it comes. They're going to harass our man, Shep. They're racist white cops. I'm waiting right. for it. Right. 
stop him. And we learn that these guys have relationships. Hey, Vic, he knows this guy. Yep. But then he's got that disgusting curly-haired twat Tom with him. Yeah. Look like Steve Landisberg from uh, Barney Miller, which only only uh, Matt and Joe Corey will get that yeah, reference. Don't get that but reference. Dietrich, I think, was his character's name. <laughs> but he's like, and he knows that because Vic, like Vic, I don't get ahead of myself, but Vic's an all right guy. So Vic is like, why don't you go get some cigarettes from a boy and me? What do you well, want? Hey, hey, chef, what do you want? What kind of cigar do you want, chef? Do you want a, you want a coffee? You want an ice cream? I'll send Tom out to go get it. Nope. No sweet tongue. No cigars today. It's Saturday. Is it called the sweet tongue? <laughs> Is that the sweet tooth? It's the sweet tongue? Well, yeah. Okay. I picked that up. That's black <laughs> lingo, baby. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he can't, he, he just can't shake Tom. And then finally Vic's like, Tom, you know what? Go get us those cigars. Just go get them anyways. Right. I don't care what brand. Just go get them. I got to talk to Chef. Because Chef's like, I got shit to do. I don't have time for this shit. And he's like, look, I've been hearing about some rumbles up in the, not in the Bronx, but up in Harlem. And we're hearing that there's a couple of brothers from Harlem are asking about your shit. Everybody knows about these two guys looking for Shaft, but Shaft, what's going on with that? Right. So Shaft just quips back with him like nothing, like, oh, shit, they already found me. It doesn't matter. They they just wanted to uh, learn a couple new handshakes. See, that's a little, because, you know, a little. Black humor. Yeah, you know, because you white people, you don't understand. Right. Again, Gordon Parks is trying. I feel like there was. You said it best in the opening half of this segment. Of course I did. Of course you did, of course. You're an auteur. <laughs> yeah. uh, where you were just like, he's fighting with the studios constantly. Right. And I believe Gordon was like, we need to get this fucking shit in here. Right. Authenticity. Yeah. Like, authenticity, like, you know, coded language here, and I think they were trying to do so that. Chef's like, I'm out of here. Where you going, chef? To get laid! How many times have I asked Murray, hey, what are you up to tonight? And he just says, I'm going to get laid. <laughs> Oh, God, I didn't realize. With my four-inch dick. From the <laughs> ground! It's not so, Sedaris Month. Yeah. I couldn't handle a Sedaris Month. Oh, my God, no, I couldn't. So he takes off. Tom comes out. Why did you let that? You know, this, is a, this is clearly the racist cop is Tom. He's like, you need to lean on those types. Yeah. And he's like, no, what? You know what? Shut up, Tom. All right. I, I love this because he's just like, shut the fuck up, Tom. He just immediately shoots him down. So Shaft's walking to his office, and he swings by like there's like a store, and looks in the w- window. Well, these are just tall buildings in New York that you would find. So the bottom floor of it is, it, it looks like a like a hotel front or something. But there's chips, there's a newsstand, there's it looks like what we would consider a gas station, which. Murray, I don't know if you were getting all the news stories, but Sheets, the Sheets gas stations are moving into Michigan. That's a fucking thing. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a southern gas station chain. And they're like, oh, my God, are you guys ready for Sheets to move in? That's a horrible name, by the way. Who the fuck is excited for a new gas station chain? When's Piggly Wiggly going to move in here? Next month. I don't know. So yeah, he's he. It's just like the lobby of his building where his offices are. So he notices that ugly ass plaid coat that that fucking uh, Cole told him about. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. See, this movie works. So he throws around to the back door. Right. Sneaks up on the guy. You know what would have been a perfect opening song if we didn't have the perfect opening song? Backdoor man. By the doors. By the doors. Yeah. There's a lot of great songs. 
So he he like pulls. I think he pulls the guy's gun out. Yeah, he fucking comes from behind, gets the guy, punches him in the kidney, has him killed over. Everybody, of course, knows Shaft. What we're about to learn, this is the building his office is in. So everybody knows him here. Right. And so they they're go, used to this. This yeah, happens all the time. Yeah, they go right along with it. He's backing the guy into the elevator, telling the guy, hit my floor. And he's like, pulls the guy's gun out of his coat pocket because he knows he's carrying. Yeah, puts it to his Heavy head. Heavy iron. That's what Cole said. And he knows this guy is a partner. So he's like, oh, that guy's got to be up in my office. So they sneak up on his office. Meanwhile, the partner, Griffin, like a motherfucker, going through all the chef shit. He's like, I got this issue of blacktail. I don't need it. Need it. Got it. Need it. Got it. Like, motherfucker, mind your business. Now, one thing I, I, I feel like we'll both agree about this movie, the scuffles, the fighting that happens in this movie, very abrupt, very quick, very real. No? I thought this is a very awkward fight. Very scene. awkward. This, this, this. I feel this like real in, fights are awkward. This scene in particular, very Star Trek esque. I okay. I'm not. I'm on, I'm on the opposite side with this one. Star Trek or Star Ski? Both. Both. I okay. mean, it was. It was. I didn't think it was good. I thought it was like very AW. When I watched if you will. it the second time, I, I I feel you here because I was just like, wait, what, what, what? And then suddenly the camera's outside of the building. Yeah, but sh- well. Telegraphing because Chef's handling it. You got two guys, but he's still fucking him up. One guy goes for him, he ducks out of the way, and the guy goes right out the fucking window. And he's like on the third or fourth floor. And so Leroy's dead. Yeah. Leroy's dead. Never again will I punch his face. Guys, last Black Exploitation Month, we learned about a great new song, Mama's Dead. Yes. Do you remember what movie? I want to see Black Caesar, which, by the way, I picked up recently on DVD. Great. So, yeah, this Leroy's dead. and But the other guy's like, hey, man, Bumpy wants to. Bumpy's looking for you. I think this was Willie. The guy yes. with the. Yes. Bad... It's a reverse Mohawk. Oh, like, <laughs> we'll did they cut Willie. his hair this way? No, no, it... no. There's no way. He was yeah. bald. Because you got to remember, even black guys wouldn't shave their heads. You you were shameful if yes. you were bald-headed, except for Koji. That's how, how that's how what a man tells his Wallace was. He's like, I'm bald, baby. Love it. Yeah. Got yeah, so, so we had, and by the way, that guy also was a cut man for Muhammad Ali. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. played Willie. A cut man? Yeah. What does that mean? And you fix the cuts up. Oh, okay. Between okay. rounds. Okay. He and was great. I loved so, him. So, yes, he had reverse, mo- he was balding, but it was the weirdest balding I've ever seen because it was a reverse mohawk. Usually you get the island where it's yeah. like you have that. Front tuft of hair, yeah. and then it balds around it, and then the male pattern baldness, and then yeah. finally the tuft goes. This guy had like a tampon strip, <laughs> yeah. but then no, a maxi pad, strip. a maxi pad yeah. strip. But the, yeah, thank you, a pad. Uh, but then he had that circumference of a strong hairline, yeah, that wrapped from, around yeah. that's it. Why, that's why it was so weird. It, it was reminiscent of Hawk from uh, the Road Warriors, the tag team. Reverse Mohawk. I think that inspired Hawk. It might have, yeah. I love Shaft. <laughs> so well? he's like, yo, Bumpy wanted us to bring you to him. And he's like, if you fucking Bumpy, I'll see him where the fuck I want to see him. This is what I loved about Shaft, though. By the Shaft. way, another inauthentic thing that we've seen in all of our movies. We'll see him in the movies that we're going to do in the next three. Oh. A lack of the end bombs. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
And I understand why it's a major motion picture. Like, we're not going to have anyone dropping in bombs. Pictures, baby. We get one, and it's from a clearly racist guy. But yeah. we learn, if you've seen that black exploitation movies, this is how black people talk to each other. I think they were ahead of their times, though, because now you hear about white people going to rap concerts and everything that actually are black musicians. Yeah. And they, you know, have N words in their music. And then the white people start singing the, you know, N word. Yeah. And then it becomes this issue of, like, do we really want. All these fucking white people just uh, dropping that. It's a, I don't know. Hey, I that don't know. A, what, that'd be a great debate question for the next presidential debate. I, You know what? I'd Trump, love to see Trump. Trump and Biden right. would be the perfect couple. You know what? You know what? I fucking hate both of them. Let's do that. Let's have a debate with them where they only do cultural things like that. All right. So a man's been killed, we're assuming. So... Uh, Shaft's got an answer to that. He's brought in to the uh, the police station. Of course. We were expecting this. Captain Leibowitz. Normally, we have uh, a black captain yelling at our hero cops, but this is the role reversal. We can't have a black guy yelling at a black guy. So the next best thing, Jewish guy yelling at a black guy. Yeah, sorry, everybody. So, we might even be canceled just because you said Jewish white guy. Well, that's that's the price we pay for being the fucking renegades that we are. Uh, and just <laughs> tell you about the characters in a movie. So that's the world we live in. So Leibowitz is fucking reading him the riot act. Like you're, I don't because Shaft's like he slept on a banana peel. What can I fucking say? Right. And he's just like, I don't believe that, Shaft. How many of your friends come into your office and get thrown out the window? You're up to something no good, sir. I'm gonna have your PI license pulled. And then what are you gonna do, huh? Huh? And Vic is like, Captain, Captain, chill out. Once again, the voice of reason, Vic. Let me talk to Shaft. All right. Yeah. You're you're clearly upset. Right. The fucking coffee machine is calling you. A fresh pot's out there. And so Captain licks his lips and he's like, fuck yeah. I got to get me some of that Joe. He leaves. Vic is like, Chef, come on, man. Just tell me what's going on. I don't talk to pigs. You know, he's just like, he's mums the word. All right. Well, I got to tell you, I know that Bumpy, he's putting out his feelers for you, Shaft. I know he's looking for you. He's putting out feelers for your Shaft. Yeah, he's putting bumpy. out the feelers. Yeah. He wants your Bumpy dick. He wants and to know more about your Bumpy. What, he's like, look, if you're not going to tell me, just prepare me. Is it going to get bad? Come on, you ain't so black. And then he does the pen test. We've all done this with our friends. Oh, my God. We put a pen up next to their skin and go, you ain't black enough for me. Right. And then Chef fucking flips the script. Right. He pulls out a mug, white mug, puts it. He's like, you ain't so white yourself, motherfucker. This is great. Murray, you said it best because we both have done this. I went yeah. to uh, over. We had it done to us last week at shows. Uh, right. I've done, I went to an over 40% black high school. You went to probably an over 50% <laughs> black high yeah, school. Definitely. It's about 70, 75%. Yeah. And. This was just something we did for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Simpler times. We didn't have the internet. This is, this is one of the ways we related. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a little little levity. We get, this scene was getting tense. Right. So he's like, look, Captain was right. We can have, you'd be ashamed to pull your license and your gun, and you're going to need your gun if Bumpy's involved. That's right. Six months? What You're going to be out of work for six months, Shaft. Come on, just tell me the name of the game. Just give me a little bit of crumb on my crumb cake here, sir. I'll think about it. And then he's like, you got 48 hours, Shaft. And then they give each other a nice little low five. Right on! And he walks out. This is good. So, obviously, we're thinking, hey, guys, come on. We're fifth year of Black Exploitation Month? 
It's our fifth year. God, we've been doing this for so fucking long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're already starting to put the ledgers up there. And we're like, Vix. Meanwhile, you're the point. only ones doing it, by the way. You're welcome. You are welcome. Shaft goes down to a phone booth. Guys, this is the 70s. Phone booths are everywhere. Yeah. This is the main well, way. Have, why are you going to call somebody? This is the main place to call. This is the main place to make out with a woman in a secluded area. Like, this is, this is where it's at right here. Phone booth. Calls up Bumpy, and Bumpy's a little pissed because when Bumpy calls, you show up. This is his front because apparently, even though he does have a secretary, Willie, he also answers his own line. Shaft probably has his private line. Okay, because, that makes sense. So we do we, know about we, private lines. We also see his cover, much like Tony Soprano, sanitation. But he also, but he runs all the crime in Harlem. Wait, sanitation? He had a little garbage truck, like a little like yeah. Matchbox. No, I love that yeah. garbage truck. It, was, it said Bumpy Jonas sanitation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought you were trying to say like he answered the phone sanitation. No, no. But that's did you watch all that. the Sopranos? Yeah, I've seen it. Is that like a monumental show, or is that just it's, a good show? It's good show. It's, not, it's overrated. I will is, say that, but it is genuinely a good. Is show. Is it there with Breaking Bad? Huh? Is it better than Breaking Bad? Where's it at with you? I don't. I no break. I like Breaking Bad better. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I understand you'd be like we were talking about Arrested Development earlier. You'd be hesitant because so many douchebags go on about The Sopranos. Yeah, it's a good show. Okay. Uh. Anyway, so and we also see he's got tons of pictures of his daughter hanging up. That's gonna be important now because he answered the phone like you said, and he's like got the wrong number. It's like, look, man. Yeah, that's right. Shaft dropped the look man on him. That's right. Shaft is all look mans. Enough with this BS, man. What do you want from me? I need to talk to you. I have an office. So, yeah, that's because Shaft, because Bumpy's used to people coming to him. Yeah. And he's like, you come to me, motherfucker. This is, again, this is kind of a little bit under the scope. I don't think this really plays for a wide audience that well. Me and Murray are so... Uh, th- this is one of those things where we really fucking put our audience in a in a little baby cage here because us as sophisticados... Put, wait, wait, wait. You put a baby in a cage? Not yeah. like a crib? It's a cage? Oh, well, they have like the little pig pens for babies and everything. Uh, uh, maybe Ice does, but I don't know about anybody who... But anyways, we're just so fucking high and fly on our on our podcast we understand movies so well like when i hear him talking like that it's like holy shit our motherfucker here shaft is able to tell like the king of harlem you come talk to me at my office because yeah well like you said uh nobody shaft get demands respect he's scared of he fears no man right so what do you do he's he's got to go back to his office but man he got Tummy's a little rumbling. I need something to fill it up. Murray, I know what you're thinking. New York Street, you got the vendors everywhere. You're going to get yourself a dog. Or a pretzel or, you know. Something. No. Once once again, Shaft flips the script. Give me a bag of chestnuts. (laughs) Roasted chestnuts at that. We need to bring that back. That could be some hipster bullshit. That could be some hipster bullshit. Shaft's. Hot chestnuts or something. Yeah. Shaft and the nuts. Shaft's nuts. 
So get your nuts with a chef. So he gets a little bag of little chestnuts. Chestnuts. You ever eaten chestnuts? <laughs> no, I haven't. And neither have I. I am a big nut fan. I oh, lo- you love nuts. That's true. I love my nuts. Your nuts uh, are nuts. I constantly have a bowl, and we do our uh, Carl Weathers shot, downward grab into the bowl of nuts well, here. We have, actually have a camera mounted on the ceiling right over our table. We yeah, did you guys not know we've been Twitch streaming this show for the last <laughs> yeah. five years, and it's I just know. the overhead of our nut bowl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, do you have anything else to say about nuts? Can we, can we move on? I enjoy them when they're roasted and salted. Yeah, that's true. So, he he hails a cab. Guy stops. Sees a white man. Immediately just fucking takes off and picks a white guy up. So, I we were talking about this pre-show, and I was like, that was the most ra- racial tension. Well, there's two racial tensions. There, that was the most social commentary. Yeah. That was the biggest social com. Black exploitation movies, despite what everybody believes, and we know because our numbers drop. <laughs> black exploitation movies, even though they're usually written and directed by white people, they do actually say a lot about where you know black people were viewed in those times. Because these are independent filmmakers who aren't scared to fucking do that, right? And so you're, you're obviously- and they were making these movies for black people, right? They weren't worried about, oh my god, we're gonna offend somebody in Alabama or some shit, right? And then you look at a movie modernly, you know, a little movie called The Green Book, which is the worst whitewashing of a movie I've ever seen. The movie, literally and figuratively, the movie's main character, the black character is credited as the side character. Viggo Mortensen got main actor credits. But that guy won an Oscar and Viggo didn't. So, hey, who won? He won an Oscar for being the sidekick. Even though it was about his life story. Even though it was his life story. Okay. Enough social commentary from us. Okay, so he goes to his office. Bumpy goes... To Shaft's office. Yes. <laughs> With Willie. Yeah. And don't they even break in? They, like, pick the lock? Well, they go in there and they start... They go by that Acme Explosion Company door, and then they knock on Shaft's door, which has been broken out because of the fight. <laughs> I love how it's, like, just random fucking one-by-four is just nailed into, like, like a cartoon would have. Yeah. This is so perfectly noir for me. No, like, like this there's a sheet of plywood you could just... No, just right. random, random one-by-fours. I don't know. Something about this to me is, like, classic noir, though. Like, the detective in his fucking shitty office, and he just... Uh-huh. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to nail some fucking one-by-fours. <laughs> So I think Willie, like, picks the lock, and he's pissed because fucking Shaft ain't there. Yeah, did I? Cat w- said he would be here, and he's somewhere else. He should be here. This is disrespectful. I loved Willie. I loved Willie. And Bumpy's like, ah, calm the fuck down. We'll yeah. just wait for him. And, of course, if you're used to commanding wherever room you're in, you sit at the big boy chair, which is Shaft's chair behind right. his desk. And, of course, he's got a fucking nice burnt deck from Las Vegas sitting there. So what is Bumpy going to do? He's going to start pulling, dealing out some solitaire for himself. Willie's like, that motherfucker threw my boy Leroy out a window. Fuck, there's a fucking heat between him and Willie, Shaft. Willie, you need to calm down. Shaft enters. Willie immediately starts threatening Shaft. Shaft just goes, shut the fuck up. You ain't going to do shit. Then he walks over to Bumpy. You're in my fucking chair. And what is Bumpy? The stare down that happens here. The stare down. Because 
Bumpy's sitting down, and he's looking up at Shaft. Powerful shot right there. Gordon Parks knows what he's doing. Yeah. Fucking drug king of this town dealing women, numbers, and drugs. Looking up at fucking Shaft. All right. Gets out of his chair. And he's just like, it's like, I don't give a fuck about Leroy. I'm not here for Leroy. I'm here for something important. I got a job for you. My daughter, Marcy, has been kidnapped. And he's like, yeah, why don't you get your boys to fucking do it? I want you because you're black, but you also have a foot in Whitey's door. Much like Neil Breen, he lives in two worlds. Two worlds. Oh, that's a good point. Good job. Yeah. And Shaft's like, is she, what, is she on drugs? What the fuck's going on with her? Like, no, no, no. Yeah, this guy sent a gunman to come get him. So Shaft is on edge. Bumpy's like, she's a good girl. She's going. To, she's the first person in our family ever to go to college. She's got her shit together, and I need you to save her, Shaft. Right. She got abducted on her way to college. I know there's some heinous shit going on here. I mean, I got all the money in the world, so we just got to figure out who needs money. I got a feeling it's this Ben Buford motherfucker. He's the leader of the Lamumbas. She's like a black militant group. That's, that's one of the tropes of black exploitation. You got to have the the black militant group that's trying to save the neighborhood. Yeah. We see that. Right. And he's like, I don't know. She's always hanging out with those motherfuckers. I think they're trying to get some money out of me. So we got our first lead. That's the big clue for us here is Ben Buford, La Mamba's. Chef, he's like, all right, well, hey, 50 bucks an hour plus expenses. You don't ask me where that money goes either. And Bumpy's like, he starts tearing up a little, pulls out a little handkerchief, and he just throws an envelope fucking full of money. On just him. full and of shit. Because Shaft was like just pulling shit out of his ass. He was just like, I'm going to see how much I can get out of this motherfucker. Exactly. Again, we were just saying this a minute ago, 50 bucks an hour, fuck yeah, <laughs> give me that. And like Shaft's like, all right, but you, if you fuck me, man, if you have any of your goons coming after me, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. Bumpy's like whatever, and I lo- Bumpy's acting in this scene amazing because he's chewing a cigar this whole scene, and so he's looking into the camera with that just fucking like hard face. He's just wiping tears off of it. Doesn't even have words for him. Just walks out. All right, so shit, we got the hit in the streets uh, scene. Right, eight minutes. We got the nice soundtrack going though, a nice song for the montage. It's perfect. Right, and. Uh... We get a shot, a little cameo of uh, of Gordon Parks. He plays the uh, Ben Buford landlord. He's like, I'm looking for the motherfucker too. He owes me money, and he's going around. And then he, you didn't notice this guy. I had to put this in the notes. I didn't notice him. There's a guy on the street. We're familiar with him. He he moved. He, I guess he started out in New York, but he, he moved. I think Bay City is where Starsky and Hutch live because it's Huggy Bear people. Antonio Fargus, Huggy Bear, hanging on the streets. He knows everything that's going on. We le- we learned that from Starsky and Hutch. He knows everything that's going on in the streets. Hey man, I know you know where my friend Ben's at. Shit, I don't know anything, man. And then he's like, "How about I, this? I got this twenty that which says is you do thousand dollars in nineteen seventies money." Right. And so he's like, oh, fuck, Ben? Ben Buford? Yeah, I heard they're having a meeting up on Amsterdam. Uh, it's it's t- 9 o'clock tonight, as a matter of fact. It's All like, right, I can dig it. They high-five. They do a handshake. Again, handshakes. So this is like f- fucking 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, I got time to kill. I guess I'll go hang out at my girlfriend's naked. Right. Well, Murray, this is just a classic thing you do when you're in an adult relationship living in a walkable city is you're like, well... 
she's in between my place and, you know, so I'm going to go there and I'm going to make myself comfortable. Yeah, so shit, we were, one, if anybody can help us out, anyone own a, a couch like this? His girlfriend, Ellie, I never, did she get a name? Ellie was her name? Ellie. I never ever her name ever being mentioned in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's Ellie. She's got a couch that is either upholstered with fur or it's a fur blanket laying on it. It's like a mink coat couch. You don't really get to see it in this scene so much. You get to see it way better in yeah. a future scene. So yeah, and when, you know, when if you're on you know, something that luxurious, you got to do it nude, Griff. You, I mean, it's got to feel that fur, that luxurious, right. lush fur. This woman, Ellie, who's his girl, as we learn from Isaac Hague's song, the only woman who understands him... She knows that he'll just drop in whenever he wants, right. and his dick will be ready for her. So he's just chilling, reading the latest issue of Blacktail magazine. I mean, it's got some good articles, all right? I mean, People hear the name Blacktail, they think it's just fucking filth. Some great articles in Blacktail. No, there's more than asses in it. So she, this is where we, like, I mean, it's just fun. I, we were talking about that Bronson movie, the antiquated, like, uh, gender role. Yes. This is another thing. She rushes to him. Shaft, what is it, baby? Are, Are you, you okay? Are you hurt? Oh, my God, let me touch you. And she's touching his face, and he's like, oh, baby. Baby, I got I got the feeling like a machine, and that ain't no way to feel. I get this, Murray, when you were in a cog in, like, the fucking industrial intellect world. Oh. This line inspired the band Rage Against the Machine. Of course it did. Tom Morello's she, always going on. She, like you said, she's always ready. So she doesn't have she doesn't wear a pants and a shirt. She wears a jumpsuit. You gotta be naked immediately for Shaft. She can't even reach her own zipper. Shaft has to get it for her. Well he's a gentleman, of course he does. And so, you know, we do the Murray I gave you and Twitter people go look this up. We did that sweet Fade away into the fireplace that uh, Mark Swetland did. Yeah, nobody really appreciated it. But of yeah, course they did it. That's why we're trying to give it more light here right. again in a month where no one shows up. Uh, but yeah, they, the real fans show up. But they do the zoom in on the fireplace, and then we just get these beautiful cuts of her hands digging into her. Yeah, back. like like we were talking about, white audiences were not ready for black sexuality. So this is a very for white people, black it, love scene. It really is. Because there's a lot of like laser light show going on, some right. psychedelic lighting, and we just see her hands caressing his back. Yeah. And we're not talking the you know the back ham. We're talking about the back back. The back, yeah. We're yeah. not seeing any cheeks. No cheeks. And we see the moment. I mean, this week, I even told fucking uh, Mattingly, don't even get the Swedes and Scale out. Guys, because... we haven't. We're dying for the Swedes and Scale. Please, well, understand. you're dying for it. You like to hear our ratings of the sex scenes, but this didn't. Sorry. On top of it, I thought the it was a weak ass song too. The music was not fuckable. Oh no, it was not great. We had a great fuckable song in the bar scene by Isaac Hayes. It could, but was appropriate for this. I agree. Thrown no misuse misuse of the. But I'm sure it was Gordon Parks got notes. White people, are dis- white people are feeling really anxious about this. Yep. Can you a desex it? And he had to put in this mediocre shit. Remember, even in the '80s when we got Commando and we had uh, Ray, what's her name? I'm sorry, Ray Don Chong. Ray Don Chong and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're like, no, they're a little too interracial to have like a love scene. No. That was even too far. 
Yeah. Because, yeah, because she was on the light-skinned side, as they say. So maybe that was even too much. She looks too white. We can't handle it. If only they knew about porn metrics today, where all these fucking people are like, oh, my God, trans people need to die. But also in every red state, the most number one porn search thing, trans women. And number two, step-sibling fucking. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, America. So, yeah, so we see, you see the hands telling a story. She's doing some Billy Drago-level hand acting. It, you know what? I think Drago was her first lover, and so she <laughs> figured some things out. Because we know Boom Boom goes to Dynamite when her hands, like, claw into oh, his back. You see the nails dig in. I mean, come on. You know that. You know yeah. that. You know you're, you're giving some good dick in when you feel that. And, Murray, when you know you've just given some good dick... You can't just go to the kitchen and fry up an egg or something. No, you got to go down the street to yeah. the fucking all-night diner. And Shaft angrily eating a hot dog. Oh, he is frustrated. He's El Bunny. <laughs> just fucks my woman. Vic walks in. Hey, man, you got any new leads? What's going on? He's just not even look. He's just... He's staring off into space and just eating that hot dog. Like, not even Vic human. is like, that looks good. Can I get one? He like, he's like, yeah, yeah. hold the onions. Keep yeah. Some mustard he asked for onions and mustard. Hold the onions. Interesting order. Classic cop move. Classic cop move. Passive aggressive. But yeah, you're right. He, uh, Shaft is shafting that dog down his throat. <laughs> right. He is going fucking, I can't remember the hot dog people. Uh, Oscar Meyer? No, 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 the the ones who actually choked down the dogs for the competition. Oh, Kobayashi? He's Kobayashi. Joey Chestnuts? Joey Chestnutting this dog down his throat. Dipping it in water, yeah. It was, it it was, was disgusting. It was intense. Yeah, I don't know why we put cameras on those people. He's still not talking. And he's like, Shaft, where are you going? Or what are you... We, you didn't even go oh, over the big punchline. Oh, excuse me. Shaft, Do Shaft, you have anything? Do you have anything for me? I got laid. <laughs> Walks out and we see a nefarious character outside watching Shaft as he gets into a cab. Oh, I didn't notice him. Yeah. Was it one of the mafiosos? No, it was one of, uh, I think, one of Bumpy's guys because he was a black dude. Oh, okay. Because, well, it doesn't matter because he gets killed like in the next scene. But, this makes sense, yeah. though. I missed it. So, yeah. okay. So Shaft arrives on Amsterdam with this meeting Ben Buford's having. He's walking up to the building. Of course, he's a he's a very uh, understanding. He knows he's got to survey the scene. He knows Harlem so well. He knows well. every back door of fucking. He knows uh, every alley. Did you he notice knows- what was? We're gonna get to it just in this next scene. Do apartment buildings have back doors? Because they do in this movie. Yeah, I think okay. they usually do. I think uh, most buildings usually have. I mean, not, not not buildings, but apartment rooms, like apartments. Oh yeah, no, they don't. Because they do in this movie. Yeah, they do in this yeah, movie. The movie, uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the building obviously is. A yeah, door. I don't think most buildings do. <laughs> yeah. Usually a window. Yeah. You know? Every room has a back door in, and every and Shaft goes through all of them. He's right. a backdoor man. You're right. We should have been started with backdoor man. Yeah, but back- when you got a great song like Shaft, yeah. you got to play. It. You got yeah. Maybe you we'll end the episode with backdoor, backdoor man. man. I do not listen to the Doors anymore because I almost died in a car accident listening to the Doors. Okay, well, that's, that's a story for another time. That's right. So he's, like you said, he's surveilling the place, and he spots a sweet little child shivering in the cold. God, this is straight out of fucking Dickens. Wait, is he the guy who did yeah, the... Yeah. Okay, good. Well, Dickens, Shaft, it makes sense. It makes sense. Dickens, Shaft! Oh. <laughs> the greatest poem of all time. 
Oh, God. So he spots this little child, and he's looking so cold. I know this. I know this cold because I was always waiting outside for my mom and dad to come home from the movies. They were always out at the movies, and I was like, Mom, you forgot to feed us. You didn't order us a pizza from Donatello's, 313-531-6330. And this child, so of course he's going to be sympathetic to it. Right. Looks over, notices the guys, flips up a 10. 10. Ten, a 10. That it'll build $500. $500. That kid's going to be eating well. That kid was like, I know a prostitute two blocks over. I'm going to go eat yeah. that puss. Unfortunately, it's his mom. That's why he's out on the street. What? <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the fucking realities of the street, Griff. Why do you think he was out there? His mom was servicing a guy in their apartment. Yeah, okay. So he's like, thanks, mister. It runs off. So Shaft, of course, as I said, he's noticed the guys outside. Yeah. He's been sympathetic to the neighborhood and everything. He knows that people, all eyes are on him. Even though it's dark, he knows eyes are the on him. The Lumumbas deserve to be wiped out because... They have two guys at the front door, no guys at the back door. In fact, when we get up to the top floor, so he doesn't go in their apartment back door. He goes into, like, the the laundry room. Under the, the furnace room. Yeah. yeah, the furnace room. So yeah. we do need to clarify that. And through that door, he gets all the way up the building because we know about these apartment buildings where there's, like, a corridor, staircase, all that, and then your apartment door is in the middle of it. Knocks on the door. Barges his way in when they open it. Right. He's just like, hey, it's Shaft. I'm here to see Ben. And apparently these guys have a similar neighborhood. They grew up. Yeah, they have a past. Yeah. And he's let in. And they're, like, trying to, like, intimidate him. And he's just like, you motherfuckers ain't doing shit. It's 5v1 in this tiny little apartment. So we're like, oh, fuck. Shaft's going to be just tackled. No. You know? He just commands the fucking room. Everyone just freezes. And he just fucking lays it out. He's like, look, you fucking fucking dime store Black Panthers. What the fuck is going on? Get Bumpy's daughter. You got, I know you got her, his daughter. He wants her back. Give her back. Right. And like, he, we don't know shit. What the fuck are you talking ben about? Ben admits he knows Marcy. Right. Marcy Jones, I think. Jonas. 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 Yes. Marcy Jonas. One of the Jonas brothers. Yep. Bumpy, Bumpy, Nick, and I don't know the rest of them. But yeah, Bumpy used to be one. Yeah, I don't know a Jonas original. brother outside of Nick either. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting how that happened. So there, he's like Ben's like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And just as soon as some shit's getting, he like fucking fucking Shaft's about to drop a look man on him. That's how oh, tense the scene. Yeah, getting. it is about he's got the finger coming forward and everything, and then we hear some gunfire. Yeah, and then the fucking the apartment door gets blasted open. So yeah. the the guys guarding the front door are fucking wasted. Uh, five guys out of bed. I did like this scene because we talk about this often. The guys go up to the roof. Okay. We're, we're going too far with the guys here. Right. Ben's got five guards. We're going to learn later. Five guards were wasted in this. Ben and Shaft, by the way, run away together. Because yeah. Shaft's like, I'm going to get you the fuck out of here. And we get to the corridor. And, of course, what is Ben's line, Murray? We're going to go up to the roof. And Ben and Shaft's like, what the fuck are you talking about? We've always said that everyone goes to the the place where you get cornered. Right. And sh- that's why Shaft is a comp. Much like us, he's complicated in that he's like, what the fuck are you doing? No, we go down. Right. And sure enough, they go down. They go into an old lady's apartment. And we, no. we see that they, well, we don't see him jump out a window. We just see the old woman in there knitting still calmly. Right. Well, she's used to this. Right. 
Ben hides behind like in like in a, a curtained off room. Yeah. Shaft goes out to the fire escape with his right. gun uh, pulled out. They right. both hide because they take like, shh, be quiet. Just play it cool, baby. His his fucking other guards, as you would if you go up upstairs to the roof, they get gunned down. They get uh, yeah. wiped out. So five guys in total. Then they like they kind of like disappear. The guys the, the guys were shooting them. They take off because again we start to hear police sirens moving in. Right. So Shaft comes back into the room. Ben notices there's some scissors because Lady's knitting. She's got all her knitting tools out there, and he grabs the the scissors to threaten Shaft with it. Shaft pops back in. The scissors are brandish, and the old woman goes, "No, not in here." And Shaft, he's just like, you motherfucker. I swear to God, if you threaten me one more fucking time, we're getting out of this, and we're doing it my way. Because he's like, you brought this shit on us. Don't you call me Judas, motherfucker. And he just slaps the fucking hand holding the scissors out of his way and walks out. Right. Let's get out of here. Follow my fucking lead if you want to live. And so they get down to the ground floor. And again, like I said, sirens are getting closer and closer and Chef, he's like, I got, I got to get out of here. I got to make a call. But I just want you to fucking know. I don't, I didn't write this down in the notes, or maybe it comes up later. But he's like, I hope when the revolution comes, white man is paralyzed because you motherfuckers cannot move for shit. I, I butcher that, that line, but yeah, that, that was, was later on. But yeah, it was later on. It was yeah. I thought that was right here because it's it's, it's with the mobsters. I think. I thought it was here because Ben could not move for his shit. No, it's when, uh, well, we get ahead of ourselves. So they go out, and like Shaft's like, I got a place you can hide out, Ben. So first you got to call up Vic. And he's like, Vic, I'm coming down. You've been holding out on me, motherfucker. You haven't telling me everything. And then Vic's like, hey, did you hear about this shooting that happened down on Amsterdam? Yeah, I was there. And I got laid. Right. Click. So Vic happened to be on the other line with the captain at the time. So Tom's like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You're going to keep working with that black man. And so he's like, look, call the captain, get him off my back, and fucking leave. Well, what about Chef? He's coming here. Leave. So, all right, so Chef takes uh, probably another woman, Chef's fuckings. Deanna. And he's could like, be his kid that's living in their house, <laughs> as far as we know. No. And he's just like, you know, hey Ben, you stay here, lay low. I gotta go talk to fucking Vic, right? So Ben, of course, he's still hot. He's sweating profusely. Well, by the yeah, way. he's feeling emasculated because he got he got the truth got slapped with a fucking shaft again. I want to say this because we just came from Neil Breen, a movie where we mostly saw stock footage. To go from a movie where the backdrops are just stock footage to this movie where you're getting like these real Harlem apartments and the colors and you got uh, a shaft in his turtlenecks and fucking leather, leather jackets. Upon leather upon leather. And you just have color and color and clashing. and this, It's so fucking amazing. That's why I say the shots in this movie are so goddamn good. Really? You got it from this scene? Yes, even in this scene. Okay. Like, there's so many scenes that are just dripping with authenticity. And we're so used to just, like, Breen's house. So Ben is trying to get his nuts back. He's like, I'm going out there. And she's like, the fuck you aren't. You're staying here. And there's about to be a fight breaking out. And then D she goes like, not in this house, baby. Yeah. No. 
D shuts him down because he's like, you behave and you you abide by Deanna's rules. I don't abide by anybody's fucking rules. I'm a bad boy. And Deanna just steps in. One snap and a point. Not in this house. Now go sleep in my daughter's pink bed. That's right. And that's what he does. And Ben abides. Chef shows up at Vic's. And uh, Vic's like, somebody said you were at the scene of that shooting, Chef. And Chef's like, look. He's like, just give me something, Chef. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to sell out my people. Right. Shaft admits he was there, but then he's just because Vic starts saying that, yeah, people were there that fingered you. And he's like, well, that's fucking weird. Because what happened was we, we, we uh, talked over this, but the guy that was tailing Shaft At the hot got killed. Store. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, what it was was the guy tailing him was Bumpy's man. Mm-hmm. The mafia is what who did the shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's like, look, Shaft. I can't tell you to work for me, but I need to give, I'm going to give you at least some details that you need to know. Right. 15 mafia hitmen from all over the U.S., Arizona, L.A., New Jersey, they came into town. And they're, look, town. and they're looking for you. And we got some men looking at watching them. Also, some guys up from, from up in Harlem went after a mafia guy in Jersey. And then guess what? They fucked up. Yeah. So, look, Shaft, here's all we're trying to get from you. We've got nearly an all-out fucking war. These two sides are bringing people from outside in. This is dangerous now. We're not trying to screw you anything. We're trying to avert a body bag count. So, you're like, here's the pics of those hit, man. He hands them over to Shaft. So, this is the mafia, the white men. Right. And he's like... Uh, he asked about Bumpy hiring him, and then she asked, like, it's against my ethics to talk about Like that. a lawyer or right. a doctor. That's, you know. I can no longer, I can uh, either confirm nor deny. Exactly. Client, uh, you know, PI confidentiality. So Shafts, he's frustrated. No one's understanding him, but his woman does. That's right. So he calls up Ellie. And he's she just, is waiting by the phone, playing with her nipples. He's just like, baby, I got 99 problems, and you're not one of them. Let me lay it out for you. Please tell me. Tell me. What are your problems? I was born black, and I grew up poor. Oh, sing it, brother. I love you. Yeah, no, Click. Just hangs up on her. Is that the first I love you? Or I know? Because Star Wars infamous. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, I heard... Harrison Ford was a big Shaft fan. Of course, and he, he was. Whenever, if you know, if you go back and listen, like see the Indiana Jones movies, he puts in a little Shaft lines. And he says, "I got laid at least three times in the Indiana Jones." Dude, movies. I just I needed something. It it was so cold last week. I needed something to warm me up. I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark to warm me up, and of course, three times in that movie, I got laid. Yeah. He's always now, saying it. See, this is this is why you need to listen. You, you all you guys are thinking Harrison Ford came up with a great line. If you were listening to this shit, you know it's a Richard Roundtree line. Yeah, I, we're not trying to say he stole it. It's just no, he's paying homage to it's, it. It's game recognizing game. I mean, he literally wore a fedora, so it's just the tip of the fedora. Yeah, was it a fedora? I don't know hats, bowler. Yeah, he wears a fedora. Okay, Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, the next morning, Shaft takes Ben to see Bumpy. Right, because, of course, Shaft feels like he was shafted by Bumpy. 
And Willie is the secretary slash guard. It's like, I got to frisk you, motherfucker. See, you know, we, if we were white, seeing a real-ass black exploitation movie, you know he'd drop an N-bomb on shit. There's going to be so much more colorful language here. This is it, where we see, because up until now, Willie's wore a hat. This is where we see the, the tampon head. Oh, Griff boy. Calls it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Chef's like, you ain't frisking me. I don't, fuck that shit. You ain't feeling my balls. Right. And he's like, oh, sorry, I got to fucking frisk you. You ain't going to see Bumpy. Well, then tell Bumpy I took off. What is he? He says... Yeah. Hey, how many people uh, checked you out, Willie? Well, nobody checks me out. Well, then call those guys over. No, 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 no. It's going to take six guys to frisk you. Well, then tell Bumpy that I was in and I'm leaving. And he's like, shit, I don't want fucking Bumpy yelling at my ass. Well, that's what the other guy yeah. says. Hey, Willie, you might want to double check with Bumpy. And then Willie's like... You and me are going to tango one day, motherfucker. And then Chef's like, you ain't going to do shit. That was after he called it in. Yeah, yeah he calls it in to Bumpy. And Bumpy's like, fucking let the guy in. What are you fucking talking about? Gives Willie so much shit. And so Willie, of course, has to tell him, I'm going to fucking tango with you. And yeah, Chef. Chef walks in, throws the money that Bumpy gave him on the table. He's like, I didn't know that you were getting me involved with this mafia bullshit. What the fuck is going on? Why did you want me and Ben together? This is all a fucking big old ruse. I know you. Why didn't you tell me the mafia was involved? I know you knew the mafia took your, your daughter. Yeah. This is clearly something you brought the mafia in to get your trade, you know, your drug business a little bit more of a bump. Right. He's like, yeah, Bumpy's trying to expand his, like any good entrepreneur would do. Yeah. But the mafia don't see it that way. They're like big government. Yeah, so Bumpy's got to drown down a bunch of new truths here, and he does. And he just says, I conned you, but I didn't lie. His daughter was kidnapped, after all. Yeah, and so what happened, we we said earlier, the Harlem guys tried to kidnap the mafioso guy. That was because they wanted to do a trade. So they got his daughter, so he's like, I'll get one of their guys, and we'll just trade, and then it'll be done. Right. We see that in modern politics all the time. But they fucked it up. They fucked it up. So this this made no sense because Bumpy's like, Bumpy doesn't have an army. He's like, I need an army. He says, my Harlem guys are no good outside of Harlem. <laughs> it's like, wait, you have all the money and influence, but you have no out. Okay. And by the way, Ben's army, five guys. That's his army Yeah, that he needs to hire. He says, no, okay, he does say, I have a lot of brothers and sisters in prison, and it's going to cost about $10,000 to get each one out. Right, a ten, 10 grand a head. And Bumpy's like, fine, whatever. He's like, I always got more money, but I only have one daughter. So Shaft, always being the entrepreneur, well, if those guys are worth 10, I'm at least worth 20. And Bumpy's like, hey, I agree. But if, but if you don't return her, Shaft. At these prices, Shaft, I got to warn you. If you don't bring her back, I'm going to be real upset. I thought money didn't matter to you. It always matters. All so right. So Shaft and Ben split up. He's like, go back to D's place or get your guys, yeah. get your money. Again, street shot, drops Ben off at a random building looking gnarly as fuck, and Shaft is on his way. So Shaft's going to go back to his offices, and as he's walking by, he's noticing. No, he's going back to his house. No, he's going to his office because he needs a Billy to open the fucking turn the lights on. 
I mean, that could have been his house. He's got to go to his office, but he wants to make sure that nobody's watching. I him. understand, but why couldn't this be a house? You, you sure it was his office? Yes, because he tells Billy to turn his lights on. He's in. He's he's right across the street from his fucking office. Okay, I didn't recognize this as his office. I thought it's his apartment. No, it was Either his- way, the important part is he is walking by this fucking bar. And a guy with a poncho was clearly on, like, you know, just coming down from a drug trip. Hey, Shaft. Hey, Billy. You want to get turned on? What? No, I'm already turned on, bro. No, 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 Billy. Turn my lights on. Like you said, friendly with so many white people. So, yeah, because Shaft knows the mafia guys are watching his places. So he goes to the bar across the street, and he as soon as he walks in the door, this horny ass white bitch, dude. They do again. We talk. I think we talked about this on the show. Gordon Parks, fantastic job of just laying out the scene of this bar because we're scanning the whole bar, and as soon as Shaft walks in, we see a woman. We'll learn is named Linda. And she's got this little cocktail dress on or whatever. And one of the straps just shoots off her shoulder as soon as Shaft walks in. She immediately swallows five cherry stems, ties them into knots, and spits them right on. But Shaft doesn't even notice that. Because what he's looking at are two fucking goons he recognizes from those pictures that Vic gave him. Mafioso. And he's like, all right, these are the guys that are are sent to kill me. So he's like, all right, I got a little plan in my heart. Up in here. So he's not going to do the fucking John S. Rad where he just goes to the bar and says, Who do these guys work for? Throwing down money. Yeah. He goes, he meet, apparently he has a relationship. Well, I mean, right across the street from where he works or lives. Lives or works, yeah. So he's just like, he probably hangs out at this bar all the time. Right. He might have dropped down once or twice, especially since it's packed full of white women who want to fuck him. Right. It's uh, obviously, uh, let's say, flamboyant bartender. You know, he's playing it up. Yes. And he's like, but Shaft's like, whatever. There's yeah. no, I mean, he's obviously gay, but there's no condemnation about it. There's no, like, ridicule. No. It, which is very, very, especially even for, I mean, we of course, we got black shampoo. But in a lot of the fucking movies, especially the black exploitation movies, there was a lot of homophobia. Right. And I got to say, for the 70s, early 70s, and like you said, Black Shampoo was probably the greatest exception of it. Yeah. Mr. Jonathan was like, the gays are the greatest people on the earth. Well, they are the best at hairstyling. That's why they like run the fucking racket. And here we have this gay guy attending bar, and he's just... One and the same. They're one of Harlem, and they go right along. This guy reaches out, and this is how I knew he's gay. He goes, Shaft, this jacket is so right for you, and he's feeling up that is leather. Is that Corinthian leather? Yeah, like, Corinthian yeah, of leather. Of course Corinthian. Of course. And like, Shaft's like, look, man. And he gave him a look, man, but it was a, it was a friendly look, man. Here's a 20. Let me take over for a while. Right. Again, that's the coded language. We know the coded language, of course, got in Gold Globus Theater. Look, man, is coded language. It has many. You think look, man, just means one thing. Yeah. But it's a certain way, the the uh, accents you give to it, the stresses, the syllables. It can mean a multitude of things. It always means 
you need to listen very intently. Right. That's why it's tattooed across my ribs in nine languages now. I'm, I'm going for the, the ninth. I'm still at seven. Yeah, now, I'm going yeah. for the tenth. Soon. See, because every like foreign country Griff goes to, he gets look man tattooed yes. in that language. I've got it tattooed in Maori. I got it tattooed in German. I got it tattooed in fucking. Of course, Griff has the full uh, phrase, which is look man. <laughs> Pussy might make you hard, but it makes it, your brain. It does soft. go from rib to rib. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in full, and well, it didn't help that he sounded like Paul Lennon. <laughs> Nothing I wouldn't do for a twenty. And then he takes off. Chef grabs a, a bottle of scotch, walks over. He's seeing they're they're drinking scotch and waters. Yeah, he's. What do you guys want right now? That's that's usually how bartenders. He, we do get a nice shot where he looks down under the bar. And we see a gun, so he's like, "All right, you know, I, I'm set." He's got a gun. No shaft. Sh- no, there's a gun underneath. Like most bars have, there's a gun underneath the bar. Yes, over sh- by the hitman. It's shaft. It's the bar's gun. It isn't. Yes, the fucking, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't understand it, and the audience, I think, may not. Understand. They did. They're not idiots. So, so shaft's yeah. gun is accessible for him. Right. Normally, hitmen don't keep their guns under the bar. Maybe they would have. So he's like, okay. So he walks up to him, all friendly and shit. And and you know what? Even though these guys are the the one uh, racist in the movie are the mafia, even these guys are cool with Shaft. They're just like, hey, man. Well, one guy's kind of a douche, but the... One guy was clearly like the older gentleman, just like, I want to get done with this. You right. know, I want to be done. But the other guy was like, I'm in fucking Harlem. Look at these bitches over here. This Linda's bitches, tops falling down. I'm checking out. I'm trying to check out her tits. So, you know, they're living it up. They're enjoying it because, Murray, there was a time when you could travel 100 miles and you'd be in a whole nother world. And that was fascinating. And that doesn't exist well, shit, anymore. Shit, in New York City, you could travel 100 blocks. Not even that. 10 right. blocks. And be right. And world. you'd be in a new world. Yeah, I agree with this. Yeah. Big time. Uh, and so he's living it up. And he's drinking hard. And so this is what Because well, Shaft- we learned they're in town from Detroit. So, oh, yeah, that's right. So, These are the yeah. Detroit boys. Yeah. And my God, we do not have the scotch they have in Harlem. We do not. So Shaft realizes Well, this, this. is Greenwich Village. This is an R one. Oh, this is. Yeah. Shot in Greenwich Village, but it's supposed to be Harlem. No, this there this Shaft's offices are in Greenwich Village. Okay, so that's how you think it's okay. Well, Which would make sense because that's the more uh, uh, welcoming to the gay community with that area because it's an artsy kind of okay, you know, community. I'll go with that. So I would say uh, okay. Uh, so Shaft is like making go with the, hey man, let's see you drinking scotch and water on the house. On Fills the- it up. There's like fucking it's four shots level. All scotch. Yeah. No water. And of course the boozy notices that. This is what Griff would do. Hey man, that's old scotch. He's like, hey, what the hell? Since it's on the house, I'll pour myself once. So he's like ingratiating himself with these guys. Right. And he tries to play it off again. He's doing the Columbo kind of move here. And he's going, hey. The boss tells me I got to get more welcoming customers in here. So as he's doing that, and he notices the one guy he said was all business, constantly looking out up at his office. Right. And outside, those light, Billy finally figures out how to turn a light switch on. It's been like 15 minutes. Well, he told them, wait two minutes. Oh. And apparently all of this happened in two minutes. And even while this is supposed to be happening, Shaft gets summoned over for a drink order by right. the gay bartender. Yeah. I don't know if he got a name. 
Yeah, I don't think he did. Hey, you know what? You said Paul Lynn, and you know, when when I heard him say, I'll do anything for $20, I I was like, I know that voice. It was Paul Lynn. So help me, Paul. Paul calls him over. I need two gin and tonics and a virgin fuzzy navel. And he's like, and and by the way, Shaft. (laughs) Those that chick over there with the bodacious tatas. Is this Charles C. Riley now? <laughs> no, Charles. Who's Charles C. Riley? <laughs> Wait, who is the other guy at the match? Charles. Uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Nelson Riley. No, this he is Paul had Lynn. more of a stuttery. I didn't think Paul Lynn had a stuttery Paul. voice. Anyways, I'm doing go on. a great Paul Lynn, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he's just like the chick with the boobs. She wants to fuck you. And he's like, and the other one wants me. She and I told her I was gay, and she said she could straighten me out. And I said, okay, well, I don't know about that, but hey, again, the tits over there. Tits McGee over there. She wants the chocolate chip dip, brother. Her name is Linda. Lusty Linda. And Shaft's like, yeah, I'm used to it. Whatever. All right. Here's I'm not your- dead, am I? If you're interested, I'm not dead, am I? I didn't know which way Shaft was going with that. I was like, I'm I'm not dead. I don't want to fuck this white woman. So Shaft fills the order out for him, and then he goes back to the, the mafia guys. And, and he's then- laughing it up, pouring a little bit more for each of them and everything. Right. Takes a phone call. The bar gets phoned. Well, no, he calls. He's like, I got to make a call. He gets a call first. And he takes it. And he's just like, nope, yep, okay. He's playing this so cool. Murray, this is important because it's just like, he just walked into this bar, just started fucking playing bartender, taking the phones and everything. And then, yeah, he pours another drink for everybody. And he's just laughing about it and makes a call. Calls up pretending it's a lady, lady love, but it's Vic. We see Vic at home. He's got two phones. He's got the landline and he's got the bat phone. Right. It's it lights up red. It's the fucking. It's got the fucking cover on it, like the bat phone. So we see Vic. Uh, you know, he's passed out in an overchair, and his wife just has to happens to be dusting the room at you know twelve o'clock at night, as women She's like, should be Vic, doing. It's the black phone. He, this is how segregated it was at one time. We had a white phone and a black phone for people. White phone is the hero phone. Black phone is the villain so, phone. Black people can only call your black phone. That's right. It's a, it was a horrible time, but we've gone past that. Right. Answers it. He knows it's Shaq. A Shaq. Shaft because it's the black phone. He's supposed to know it's Shaft, but he doesn't recognize it's Shaft. He just hears, hey, baby, I'm up and I'm ready for you. Who is this? I'll give you two guesses. And this whole time, again... He is standing in front of the mafiosos having this conversation. So he's trying to make it look cool and coded like he's calling his woman. Yeah. I'll give you two sexy guesses. No, no, no. Shaft, is that you? Yeah, baby. And so basically, like you said, in this coded language, he's saying, get two cop cars. He's like, do you need a police? And he's like, yeah, I could use a blowjob. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all... My dickie's a little dry tonight. You're right. I do need two slobbering suckatashes. <laughs> so, yeah, and so, yeah, so basically the, send the cops. Is the the drunk is that is like just like more scotch, more scotch. He is laughing his ass off. He's like, oh my God, you're going to get so late. While the other 
mafioso is just like staring out the window like well they're get, he's getting ready to go yeah he's like this light is turned on and shaft's like hold on we're having a good time like, get your fucking hands off me yeah what what are you staring at there brother and then that's where shaft pulls the gun from underneath the bar well the guy says it's none of your fucking business what i'm looking at and he's like oh you're right and you know what it's been very rude of me to not introduce myself i'm john shaft motherfucker he says, shut your mouth. And it just I'm just talking about me. And he pulls out the gun. Just so happens we see outside the window, because in the shot that we're seeing from John from behind, you can actually see the cops moving into the bar. He's got his gun pulled. Oh, it's perfect microwave timing and everything. They arrest the guys. The one guy, the quiet guy who was staring out the window goes quietly. But the drunk stands up and spits in Shaft's face. And Chef busts that fucking scotch bile over his head. And then looks down at his hand. He's got the tiniest little paper cut on his hand. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to need a woman to address this one. And he looks over, and then we see Linda twiddling her fingers at him. We're going back. This is why I thought it was Shaft's place. Because they are, just, I mean, this well, is. Well, no, the, then they go to his, yeah, they do go to his it, place. It's a product of editing, yeah. but yeah. I just thought, right. like, with how quickly or whatever, they're at his place. Yeah. But you, I mean, you know, Shaft has a cot in his office. In case he can't get to his place to Dude, fuck a woman. Dude, I saw that office. Yeah. I don't know how he could put a cot in it. It was tiny. Maybe it's Murphy bed. There we go. Anyways. So he takes Linda home. She's working on his, his cut. He's That's the zoom in we get out of this yeah. shot. We start with a close-up of his finger, and there is a paper cut with a trickle of blood, and she's, like, licking it off. And, again, the connection they were trying to make between, hey, it's okay. Blood is fine. Just drink it up. He's like... He's like, baby, before I fuck you, I got to clean up. So he wipes, he's like, I got to take a shower. Yeah. You just wait for me down here. I'm going to go take a shower. And, yeah, you know, she can't help herself. It's fucking Shaft. John, the, the legend of John Shaft in all of New York City. I, she might not even she, know the legend of John Shaft. She knows all about the chocolate chip dip. She just wants the chocolate chip dip. She's like, I want some of that chocolatey chip. So she gets naked. It's like, I couldn't wait. And she gets in there. Because he's upstairs in the shower. And yeah. she shows up upstairs naked, getting in the shower. And like you said, people couldn't handle in 1971, white audience couldn't handle it. So we see like it's marbled glass. We can't, we see shapes. Yep. We cut away. Yep. Get uh, Mattingly, put this, no, Swedes in scale, no, not today. Put it away. We don't, we don't fucking need that. This is the most chase sex scene. We don't get anything. We don't get Richard's round dick. None of that. Next morning, Shaft immediately heads in. He is Linda making herself at home. Like she should be out of there by now. But she's like sleeping in his bed. I mean, she is clearly confident enough to believe that one night with me and we're we're a thing now. So she's hanging around, but Shaft heads into the police station. Apparently, this is like 7 a.m. or something. This is early. And Vic, we're we're opening up just outside of his office and he's explaining yeah i've got both the guys in my office right now they're from they're the boys from detroit and they're clean gun permits they got a fucking uh backup story why they're there and you know what that means and he does the signal guys this, he's using golden globe is his coded language so you know and i'm sorry to spoil the beans here but he's got to be one of the good ones when you're using I don't our, know. jury's still out. We don't know yet. He's using our coded language, Murray. This is a big tip. 
which if you don't know that, it's you cross your hands and say hands tied. Yeah. So he's like, Shaft, maybe you could do something. You know, you're outside the law. I'll have a private word with them. And, of course, Tom's sitting in there with them, so they got to call Tom out of the room. Right. He's like, he's like, he did. He says, look, man. And but this is a fucking harsh look, man. Get fucking Marcy. Give him back to Bumpy. Problem solved. No, I will see Marcy personally. No phone call. No letter. Me and Marcy in the same room. I ain't saying nothing to a rat in a rat cage. Well, you'll write down a number, and I will contact you. So he tosses over a pen and paper. They write down a number. Shaft puts it in his pocket. Thanks. Expect to call at 1230. Sharp. So Shaft goes back home. He's expecting, like, breakfast. Like, that's what Linda should be doing, right? So what well, minute ago, Linda should be gone, and now Linda should be If she's be staying, <laughs> she's got to do it for a reason, right? How does she know when to expect him back? What if that is Shaft's problem. What if breakfast got cold, Murray? Linda should know. Cold eggs is the worst. Still in, she's naked in bed. He's like, baby, get the fuck out. Yeah. All right. Hey, we'll do it the same time, the same way, the same feelings. That was something he said. The same feelings. But you gotta go now. So she's getting dressed. She's taking. She's doing the horror shower, wiping the pits in the crotch. We watched get, Shaft go over to his living room, which is right next to his bedroom on the other side of the kitchen. It's like it's a studio apartment. It's yeah. a studio. So it's open, yeah. And he's calling up Ben, who is dead asleep because he's a teenager. Yes, and he's he's sleeping in a girly little pink bed. That's right. And he's like, look, man, get two of your best guys and meet me at this, whatever the, the place that they're going to meet at, 12, 12.15, he said. The Reggiano Cafe. And you better fucking be there. Right. Because we'll get killed. So he's like... Trying to make this call while he's waiting for Ben, technically. We did right. the call, but what, whatever. Yeah. Linda's like tickling his ear and shit. She's still being a little playful. She's smitten. Yeah, she's touching her tit. And but everything. he's got business. He's talking business. This is life or death shit. Yeah, and he tries to say, Linda, this is business. Get the fuck out. Right. And then she walks out huffing, you know, and then she's just like. Well, even at the phone, she tells him, you know, you're fucking dynamo in the sack. Sex god in the sack, but you're shitty outside. And then she just slam. She didn't even slam the door. She just walks out. Right, and he actually covers the phone and says, "Hey, I'm sorry. Could you please close my door? It'd be very generous of you to do that." You shitty. Blows him a kiss though. It's playful shitty. It walks out. That's what I love about this movie is that there's animosity, but it's always like, uh, like you kind of gave me shit. I'm gonna give you shit. I can't believe you left this out of the notes. Okay. Shaft goes to his refrigerator, Cobra style. Yeah, no, we Op- were going to figure it out. Opens up his refrigerator where he keeps his gun, much like Marion Cobra Eddie Can does. you tell me anything else about the freezer since you were so worried I about I don't believe it was the freezer. I thought it was a freezer, but why would you put cans in a freezer? They would explode. Oh, that is a good question. There were cans in here because there's yeah. like a bag frozen pizzas in here. Well, he's a complicated man. He doesn't... And then, and then hidden behind the can, but the canned food is very interesting because yeah. you're right; it would explode. Uh, uh. But yeah, that 
behind it's a complicated refrigerator for a complicated man. Behind this stacked frozen foods, he reaches behind there, sh- uh, you know, like uh, hidden from the camera, and pulls out a gun in a baggie. In a baggie, very Breen style. You got to put it in a bag, right. and in a crevasse. And then he pulls out a gun, takes out his gun, <laughs> switches him out. Switches it. He needs the six shooter instead of the fucking, you know, uh, clip magazine. Yeah. I. It was great. And as he's doing that, Vic shows up because the door's wide open. Right. Shitty. <laughs> No, he didn't say that. He just walks I know in. he doesn't. It's just and he's funny. like, I couldn't help but uh, overhear that you're uh, setting up a meeting with the mafia. And he's like, How the fuck do you know that? And he's like, Look, I was sent over here to uh, to bring you to the, back to the office. Got bad news for you. Captain has big ears. Because he's like, Yeah, how do you know about my plan? He's like, Well. I know, and fortunately, the captain knows too. Do you? Did you have the place mic'd? I didn't. Captain did. So he sent me down here. Uh, oh, and you're supposed to pick me up. If I find you here, are you home today, Shaft? Hell no, I'm not home. All right. Well, I guess I'll just be on my way. See you later. Shitty. <laughs> Walks out, and this is why... Solidified! Vic, you are one of the good ones. He knows that the law alone cannot handle it. This is... Look, obviously, the naming behind, uh, you know, disembolish the police or whatever the fuck it was, doesn't work. But this is what the police need to be doing. They need to be working hand in glove with the people on the streets. Shaft is a community man. Chef makes another call to the mafia before leaving. The time and the place. So, of course, Chef arrives early, as always, all leathered up, fresh leather. We actually saw him go. You know, we always. Breen has his load up scene where he gets out all of his laptops and cell phones and his jean jacket or jean vest with his medals. Uh, Commando loading up, putting on the makeup. Shaft just goes upstairs, take a shower, and puts on a new turtleneck. Right. And then he puts on a leather, a black leather jacket. And leather pants. Leather pants. All leather. Fresh leather. And he's going to head down to the cafe because that's where I figured where he was trying to pick up a white woman. Well, that's where the meat's going to be. Oh, that yeah, that's right. So he orders an espresso. According to IMDb, he said espresso, and that really enraged an IMDb guy. I hope it wasn't Swedeson. Yep. And we get this must this must have been like one of the producers' girlfriends, like this scene. I don't understand why we needed this scene. It was weird. The waitress who's like giving him a little lip, you know. She was. Uh aren't you gonna get a sandwich? Nope. Just the coffee's did fine. I, did I ask for a fucking sandwich? Uh what about lemon peel? Oh my god, you would love lemon peel. In uh, an espresso? I don't know what this was for. I've never and I've been Sorry to brag here. All over the world, I've never been offered a lemon peel with my coffee. That's probably some new thing. She's a hipster chick. She's trying to try something out. Yeah. Trying to get it to go viral. And she was like, you're going to love it. I'm going to go eat your lemon peel. So she comes back with the espresso. And a moment later, the mobster walks in and drops the only N-bomb we hear in this movie. That's right. Hard R, though. He's looking through this coffee shop, and we've already scanned the building. There's a couple black people in here, but he 
somehow just like signals in on Shaft. Hey, well, are you, he's the only guy in all leather, right? He stands out. And he's sitting by himself. Right. Hey, you that N-word I'm supposed to be meeting here? Named John? Yeah, that's me. You found him, WAP. See, See we can say that because we're white. One slur deserves another. That's right. Hold Slurs on, I need to finish my espresso. You should have some. They might put some garlic in it. Yeah. If you're nice. If you're nice. No tanks. But, I'll, but it might give you some time to have some soul food. I mean, this is like verbal jousting, man. This is like, fuck. Remember we had a little verbal jousting in the Blackbird? This is next level. This is next level. This is getting down to the bone, you know? So he, he chugs down the espresso. Time to go. So they, they head out. This is where we get to see that Ben's men are in action. They're following them. The two guys, he asked for two guys that were very talented. And we see them tailing them. And we're led to a building, and we see Shaft start working up the building. And here's where we're cutting to, and this is where we see inside the building. We finally get to see Marcy. She's pacing back and forth. She's worried. Mob guy's just chilling, playing cards. Outside, Shaft sneaks up on the door. This is the first time he goes to the front door. He usually goes to the back door. He is usually a back door, but he's being escorted. So he's not really yeah. sneaking. He's being oh, escorted. You're right. yeah. And so he, he just decides, enough of this shit. Pulls the other, like the guy leading him, the escort's gun on him, and he's like, How many people are in here? Maybe he had to change guns because that one matched his leather outfit. That might have been, it was black. Yeah. The other one was silver. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and so he pulls the gun, uh, the guy's own gun on him and starts asking him, How many people are inside? And again, Murray, this is great booking for this movie because we already saw him do this move. Yeah. So it works. How many people are in here? What's the situation? We learned that there's, I think, two guys in. Yeah, yeah two guys in here and everything. So he kicks the door in. He's got the guy in front of him with a gun. He's like, all right, hand over Marcy. You can have this fucking guy, and it's over with. Right. And and, and the guy who's got the gun on him is like, they're not going to do that. Right. They'll kill me before they'll give her up. Right. And he's like, bullshit. They're not going to shoot you. So here we go. You already brought up Blackbird. We're playing a game of Harlem fucking uh, poker here with human lives. Okay. And so they're staring each other down. They're like. Spades must be Trump. Spades must be Trump. Yeah, I think that he said that. And he's just like, they'll shoot me. And he's like, no, they fucking won't. I'll call it right here. And. There we go. An exchange of fucking bullets. Yeah, they got like fucking old gangster like Tommy guns or some yeah, shit. They did. And they, they just had... unload on their own dude. Unfortunately, the guy wasn't that fat, so uh Shaft gets a couple bullets himself. That's right. But he manages to kill both of those guys. Right. Well, one of them, because no, one no, no, grabs no. He kills Mar- one. Yeah, one, one grabs Marcy and uses her as a shield. Right. And goes out the back door in the apartment. That's why I was like, what's going on with this? Shaft gets hit like three or four times, and he's down. So we get one of Ben's guys chasing, notices Marcy and the other guy leaving. And well, tells first, before them. he goes out, he stands over Shaft and goes... Tell Bumpy he's got 24 hours, yeah. and then we're going to kill this bitch. So then he's running. We get one of Ben's guys tailing him. I think it was Ben himself comes up the front way and finds Shaft and you know helps him down the stairs and back to Ellie's place. Right. And they lay him out, blood-covered, on that beautiful fur couch. Baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? 
Call 1-800-CALL-SAM. That is such a Detroit thing. Yeah, I know. And she's like, well, I, I need to get a real doctor. No, call Sam. And then he passes out. And then we get the scene where it's from his POV. He's waking up. And we see a guy standing over him. And he's like, before he passes out, he goes, Ben, get some more brothers with guns. And then he comes to, and we see that Sam's there. And he's got them all patched up. All right, so Shaft got one in the shoulder like everybody does. And we know that's like a cat scratch. Right. Does affect, doesn't affect you at all. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of fine with that. Went got right shot through. through the hand. Yep. Just wrap it up. Wrap it up. Shot in the stomach. Yeah. Just a Band-Aid over it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Even I can't stretch. They put a Twinkie in there, and that absorbed all the bad. It's like, yeah, the logic here obviously is a little silly. But what's Shaft really frustrated about? What's he really concerned about? Bullet holes in his leather? Did Did you tape up my wrist? Yeah, I did that while you were passed out. What's his gun shooting hand? I didn't even feel it. I knew you wouldn't. So he makes a call to Bumpy. He's like, look, I need three cabs. Meet at the corner of nine in Washington. Stat. Right. And, you know, of course, Bumpy's going to start to question it, but Shaft cuts him off now. All right. Here, this is the final scene. I I was underwhelmed by this scene. I didn't think the final scene was that great. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Because they're they're keeping um, uh, Marcy in another apartment building or hotel, I think it was, because there was like there was a there was a a kitchen and shit i think it's a hotel it seemed like it could be other but the kitchen at the bottom of the floor and like how the situation was set up and they had it, and they had an elevator operator and all it made shit. it made yeah. it feel like a hotel it was it looked like a, a hotel in hell it was like red velvet like wallpaper I'm dude like, it was yeah weird. this was very questionable everything but again harlem pure harlem shot movie so this is beautiful except when it was greenwich so the the uh, Ben's guys go sneaking through the kitchen. They 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 haul the white guys out. They left the one black guy peeling potatoes. Oh, you're cool. You know? This whole shot was was fucking cool as shit though, because the black guy's got a cigarette dangling out of his mouth and he's just peeling potatoes. You see Ben's guys charge behind him into the kitchen, hold up the white dudes, pull them out, start dressing in their uniforms. Yeah, it's good. Chef meets up with him a few minutes later. He had, I think he had fuck Ellie one more time. And then uh, we cut back to Vic at that room where the shootout happened. And he's like, this has Shaft written all over it. He he, go, he he sees the blood, daps his fingers, tastes it. He's like, that's Shaft. That's Shaft. All right. So Ben, he's heading out. He's taking orders from. Yeah, Ben's pretending to be like a, a room service guy. Right. And they have, they have like a guy, a mafioso guy waiting, guarding the door. Right. This so, I what was up with the straw? Like I thought that was gonna come into play because so did I because they again they were trying to do this meticulous Karen details. Do you want a straw with that? I need a straw. Do yeah, because Ben is Ben is acting as non-threatening as possible. Total uncle timing it. What, what, so, what do they call that? Masking. He's perfectly masking for the white audience. He's like, sir. Do you, do you need any beverages? Any refreshments? Yeah, we'll have a couple of uh, coffees and a Coke. You want a straw with that Coke? Straw? Yeah, straw sounds pretty good. Yeah, make sure you don't get two straws. Right. And this is where we get the scenes of, of course, we're doing a heist now. So we got Shaft's crew sneaking into position all across this yeah, so hotel. Yeah, Shaft and one of the guys rappels through the skylight into, so into like an addict. Yeah. 
And of course, they drop something and make a little bit of noise. So right. the fucking mafia's uh, on edge and like, hey, we got to go check something out. Uh, they go to the man at the front desk who's sleeping and t- let's leave him alone. He's sleeping. They they knock him out. Yeah, Ben's guys. Yeah. yeah. And then they take out the guy who's running the elevator and they take his uniform. None right. of this was necessary. That's what right. I'm saying. This is why this this is an underwhelming scene. Yeah, it, it is not. I could see, like, because Ben actually had to deal with him. I could see him needing a uniform. Why are the cook? Why do they need the cook uniforms? Why do they need the elevator uniform? It would have been interesting if they did more of a confrontation as opposed to this, like, we need to sneak out the back door in the final 10 minutes of this movie. So uh, Shaft and uh, the other guy are, like, right above the, the, the apartment or the room, the hotel room with Marcy. So they're getting all this rat, rat repelling gear set up. Right. What the fuck was... I thought it was... You said you put in the, in the, the notes pipe, pipe I thought it was the exact same thing. Because he's wrapping something. It looks like a pipe with a newspaper. Yes. And, it's and like, they're, they're Black Panther. They're militants. You know, all this kind of shit. So you think they're making some kind of... You know, homemade bomb. Yeah, and he's just like... And you're assuming the newspapers is to disguise the bomb. Yes. And he's like... Uh, I need something like more flammable. Yeah, he's like, give me something more flammable. So he hands him it's a it's a mouthwash b- fucking bottle filled with gin. Yeah, and he smells it and he goes, "This is gin." No, he smells it, takes a swig, and then says, "This yeah. is gin." And then Ben goes, "Is it?" And swigs it himself, and he has to knock it away. He's like, "Cut it out." And he happens to have another bottle of gasoline, which burns hotter apparently. And he just douses this newspaper wrapped thing, a dildo. I don't know the like. It it makes no sense. Right. So we know that Shaft is prepared to repel. He's got two pipe burning (laughs) objects prepared. They've like they've totally MacGyvered this situation because they came into this closet with nothing and set up a repel system and a bomb system. Right. So while that's going on, all Ben and his guys are in the elevator, and they're setting up. One of them pulls the uh, fire hose off the wall, waits in place. They're all, like, waiting in place down the hallway from where the room is. Ben's, like, going to, like, start the action. He's, like, sneaking up on the guy with the Cokes and the coffee. Right, right, right. So, okay, so everything's set into place. Shaft is rappelling down, so he's, like, dangling right above the window. Ben and his boys are waiting for shit to go down. So everyone's in position. So Shaft fucking swings his way through the window. He, he light, by the way, before he does it, he lights the fucking dildo-wrapped newspaper. And then he just hurls, I guess it's a distraction, because yeah. it's not a bomb. It doesn't explode. No, it doesn't. That's what I was waiting for. He was going to throw it in, the brooms and explode. But then, but then it's like, but, this is the room Marcy's in, so it's right. not going to explode. Right. So then it's like, wait, is it just... Smelly? It's just a distraction. Maybe that's it. It's a smoke. And then it's a distraction for five whole seconds because he throws it in, and then he comes bursting through a second later. Right. Maybe he thought they would take cover thinking it was a bomb, and it would give him the edge. He kills the guys in the room and grabs Marcy. Meanwhile, goons start coming out of doors because they're in the other rooms. Our boys just start spraying fire hose on them. They're getting shot and shit. Right. The uh, also before uh, uh, Shaft repelled, he did make a signal to the the uh, cabs to be waiting out front for them. Okay, because he had like a flashlight. Okay, so 
Yeah, it's just a mess. It's just there's guys spraying water, sh- people getting shot, and then get in the elevator and then they just get out. Right. It, it, there's no real like, oh my god, the elevator. Door. No tension. Yeah. No. no. They're they're building tension, but when shit goes down, there's no tension. Right. So and underwhelming. They need get, to work on the they, end. Yeah, they just get down. Some of Ben's guys get shot up here and everything. You're just like, okay, whatever. Our guys got away, I guess. They all get loaded up in, into cabs except for Shaft. Yeah, he just, he's so cool. He just walks away as the cops are they, – they take off. Soon they take he off. He makes cop, a call. Cops yeah. rolls up. He walks up to the payphone, calls Vic up. He's like, yo, your case just got busted wide open. Looks like you're going to have to close it yourself. Shit <laughs> And we laughed in the credits. That's it. Um, yeah, I think really talking about it, just like you said, it's just it doesn't really push it enough. No, it's what you would expect from a major picture studio, right? It just they have no balls. It's which is why we need independent filmmakers like Neil Breen. Nobody, you think. Somebody at Disney would bankroll a Neil Green Green project? Oh my God, no, no, because they're I mean, scared because they fear themselves. Right, they would they would be happy to put Neil Breen's name on something. But yeah. They would never let Neil Breen direct and write and star in right. it. Fuck. Ugh. So next week, I you know what? I would like to say I plan this shit, but it's just my, my conscious mind retarded, my subconscious mind brainious. Yeah, because I didn't. Recognize this, but next week it's Valentine's Day, Groove. Yeah. Is it? For our episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. And what better Valentine than this one of the, I was going to say one of the sexiest black women. She's one of the sexiest women, period, of the seven. Yeah. There's really no reason to, you know, yeah. fucking chop it up that way. Dr. Pam Greer is back in the theater. Oh, my God. And it's this is actually uh, very poignant because this was the movie we saw when we saw Dr. Pam Greer. Her, we met her. her. We talked shop with her a little yeah. bit. We don't want to get into the details. I hit on her, but she she turned me down. She, she said you're too you're too old. Yeah, she said, "Why don't you talk to my friend Taylor?" And that was actually uh, where you and Taylor got started. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I know this is Murray's not too happy about it, yeah, especially I, because I, Taylor made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her team knocked one of my teams out too in the process. I don't like that. It's coffee, people. And along for the ride because you can't. We can't talk. Two men aren't enough for Dr. Pam Greer. Beyond that, it's the winter time. It's bleak. It's cold. No, it's not. Not anymore. It's fucking fifty. It's gonna be fifty degrees. Next and it will it's be fucking ridiculous. Degrees. But Murray, the point I'm trying to get to. We kind of started this episode with this. Be friends with people. Have right. people around that like the things you like. Talk to them about it, right. and this is a com. This is a podcast about questions and conversation. Right. And so we're gonna. This is s- why you can't fit it into ten fucking minutes. I'm sorry. I'd love to give you because apparently people want their twenty minute reviews of movies on their YouTubes. That's impossible. You don't. You don't learn nothing from twenty minutes of a movie discussion, especially when three quarters of it this sucks yeah. or this is crazy. Oh my god! Did they really? This is utterly insane. Huh? Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah, next week, our friend and yours, for, if it's, it makes sense that he's there because he does have a degree in African-American ass-kicking ass studies. Yes, this is true. It's our friend, Mr. Mike Mullins, who, right. if you don't know this show, this show wouldn't exist without him, so you, you should show some respect. So next week, we're going to heat things up with a little bit of coffee. Until then, keep it warm. <laughs>